Another huge game is in the books. Start. Daniels slings it wide open, touchdown. And that's Conyers, the tight end. Rising in the pocket is going to take off. Cam Rising got to the corner. Rising, touchdown, Utah. Under center, Daniels will play fake, and Daniels is going to get in a foot race for that pylon, and he will get there. That's no contest. Jade Daniels, touchdown, Arizona State. Daniels in the pocket, slings one, and it is caught with a big hit at the end. And Hodges hung on to the football, touchdown. Touchdown, Utes. Thomas on the ground. And a running game comes to life for Utah. That's a plan that came together for Kyle Whittingham. Seven yards, Thomas, with the extra point coming. That one is right inside the five. Two feet of the Touchdown! Touchdown, Utah! Rising on first and goal, wide open. Caught, and a walk-in touchdown! Under center, handoff, Pledger, inside the five, still going. Touchdown, T.J. Pledger! Utah has out-muscled, out-physicaled, and pushed around the Sun Devils for this entire half. The clock is at zero, and it's time to break down today's game. This is your Ute postgame show. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What a game all around. The University of Utah getting a win over Arizona State, 35-21. I am Hans Olsen. This is your Utah postgame show, and, man, are we in for a good one. Holy moly. This was one heck of a universal performance by the entire roster from the start of the second half to the end of the second half. I'm not going to say from start to finish, but from the start of the second half to the end of the second half, this Utah team put up one heck of a performance, going 28 unanswered points from the beginning of the third quarter to the end of the fourth quarter and getting the win 21-35 to and so many big performances coming tonight. We really do need to start with Cameron Rising. Cameron Rising was fantastic. He was he was all over the field in the run game, in the pass game, in third down conversions. The third down conversions in the second half were just lights out. In order to break this quarterback game down as good as we can, bringing in former Utah quarterback and legend Frank Dolce. Frank, how you doing, man? Hans, uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I hope you're doing well also. I know it's been a long day for you. <laughs> it's a long day for sure, man. It, but, you know, when, you, when you've when you got good football in front of you, it helps a lot with the energy, the excitement of all of it. And Cam Rising, Frank, 21 of 33 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. I just want you to start – with your overall observation of Cam Rising? I think this was, a, uh, you know, a little bit of a tale of two halves for for the football team and for Cam Rising. And uh, he, you know, he showed some signs of glimpses of what he did against USC in the first half. But he also, sh- he showed signs of, uh, you know, being a little uncertain and putting the ball in bad spots, and 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 he did throw the two interceptions. That that could have been super costly for Utah um, th- throughout the game. But man, did he just bounce back in in the second half? He his offensive line was fantastic. Um, they got the run game going a little bit in the second half, and I mean. Utah, the the ball kind of bounced their way a little bit. I mean, it literally bounced their way when when Cam dropped a snap and and then had to scramble and he went around and and nearly or or picked up a first down on the play. So, um, but I just thought that he was poised in the pocket. He was incredibly accurate in the second half and in situation after situation on the last couple drives. 
he just made the right read and put the ball exactly where it needed to be to keep the drive going for Utah to help run out the clock. Those third down conversions were fantastic, weren't they, Frank? Talk about some of those Absolutely. third down conversions. Well, the third down conversions were huge. That was a that was an area where Utah was really struggling coming into this football game. They seemed to get it cleaned up against USC. Um, but then third down efficiency tonight. If you're around 35%, 40% third down conversions, I mean, you think you're doing pretty well. Well, Utah goes 7 for 11 on the evening, well over 50% for third down conversion. So if you take, you know, kind of a, a, one of those key stats, I always think of third down conversions as a key stat, both sides of the ball, the ability to keep a drive alive and the ability to get out of a drive on the defensive side by making a stop on third down. So I think that's a critical number. Well, Arizona State goes four of 12 on third down conversions. Utah goes seven for 11. So that is a, I think that's an enormous stat in this football game because Arizona State coming into this game never really played behind the chains like we talked about uh, in the pregame show. You're listening to the Utah Post Game Show, Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce. Frank, I want you to take a minute and talk about the performance of some of Cam Rising's targets, and then I'll take a minute and talk about what I saw from this offensive line. But I want you to talk about, specifically in the second half, I want you to talk about some of the targets that Cam Rising hit. Well, there were there were three in particular that are just like – these guys always seem to make a play when a play needs to be made. And I'm, I'm going to say three, but then so many other guys stepped up. But, but I first look at Dalton Kincaid and Brant Keithy and Cole Fotheringham. Every time those guys caught the ball, it seemed to be to convert for a first down or to make a big play in, into the end zone. So I thought those, guys, those three guys were fantastic. Uh, and then uh, Vele and Howard – came up with a few big plays on their own. I mean, the one-handed grab when it was yeah. – it looked like that was going to be incomplete, maybe kill a drive for Utah, and that was just an unbelievable play for the Utes. And by the way, let, let's just make this comparison really quickly. Utah was making plays in the receiving group like that, one-handed grab, coming up with a big play. How many drops did Arizona State suffer? in this football game and and the passes weren't always completely accurate but i thought catchable balls that were dropped by arizona state receivers so a huge difference right there and then of course <laughs> the little man <laughs> britain covey i mean mm-hmm. britain covey uh, comes up with he, he only had three catches in the game but those were like three meaningful catches in the in the football game uh so I mean, it was just it was it was it was fun to see all of those guys uh, kind of have an opportunity, and when their number was called, everybody seemed to contribute and make a play. As far as the offensive lines concerned, there were two marquee drives: the first two drives to start the third quarter. Now there were a couple of great ones in the fourth quarter as well, but these were the two drives that really started to ignite the engine. And early on, there was some really good pass protection. I thought pass pro was good, and I thought that there were some good moments early on. And then Bam Olasini gave up a huge pressure off the right side. Guy came in and hit Cam Rising as he was throwing it, and it actually forced the interception. It just threw Cam mm-hmm. off his timing and rhythm, and that pressure forced the interception. And I thought, man, that's, that's too bad because you disrupted what was a good start. And then from that point on, I started thinking, all right, well, let's see how this turns. Well, they come out of the halftime with a drive that was as uniform and as timely as it could possibly be. And I would say 80% of it had to do with what the offensive line and tight ends were doing in the blocking game. It was just a – operation it was like watching an assembly line everybody was just doing their job catching their blocks getting their guys no mental errors 
Everybody was identified. Everybody was picked up. And Cam Rising was able to sit back there and dial up his his passes. Tavian Thomas was able to hit gaps off traps. They were doing a lot of zero trap. And you saw you saw Tavian Thomas just hitting off those traps so perfectly. And that thing goes all the way down and ends up um, with a really nice run from Tavian Thomas for a touchdown to go 21-14 Arizona State. They get a quick stop on Arizona State, and then that second drive, it was dynamic. Great runs, Mm -hmm. a couple of big passes. You had one big pass down to Covey, and then you Mm -hmm. had Brant Keithy with a, a split coverage which I, I absolutely love, and I'll talk about that here in a second. Brant Keithy for a touchdown that tied it up 21-21. And you see Arizona State's defense get lost a little bit because Brant Keithy actually motioned to a different set. They had man coverage, and they didn't switch on the man coverage. And right. Brant Keithy rotates to the outside, and the defender doesn't go with him. And it's a touchdown. It's those small little motions, Frank, that you've talked about from Andy Ludwig that will throw some of those protections off because you've got multiple responsibilities and that little motion to an inside slot or some type of shift past another target and you get a little bit of man confusion and he floats out to the flats and nobody's there and it's a really nice throw down to Brent Keithy for a touchdown. Those two drives were as systematic and perfect as they could possibly be and it all started up front with that offensive line, and I have to continue to mention those tight ends because they were blocking their butts off, as you saw, Frank. Absolutely. No question about it. I I thought Arizona State was, as advertised in the first half, very physical. Did not really allow Utah to get on track. They were disruptive at the line of scrimmage. Very difficult to run the ball. And, and Utah wasn't really committed to, to running the football in, in the first half. Credit to Andy Ludwig, credit to his offensive staff and uh, in, in getting that thing turned around because they did have a commitment to the run in the second half. They clearly saw that they could do something against uh, an Arizona State defense that has been really stout against the run. And I think that kind of sparked at Cam Rising had a couple nice runs in the game, second leading rusher in the game. Clearly, Tavion Thomas uh, had some nice runs in the game, Pledger to finish off the game. So I thought that was critical. Uh, the commitment, the adjustment at halftime, the commitment to the run, and then the execution up front. And, and that you know, it's, it's, it's not a surprise that when the running game got going, it felt like, Cam Rising all of a sudden had a little, just a, in, in, you know, in a, a couple seconds more in the pass game, and that makes all the difference when when a defense can't make you one-dimensional. And so I thought that was really meaningful the way that uh, Coach Ludwig called the game in the second half. All right, I want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball and get some of your thoughts uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Frank. Talk about some of the players that – stood out to you defensively well i mean i i don't know where he came from but reed the linebacker is like every it it seems like every time that there's a defensive play being made then 32 has his nose in the ball like I, I, I just I, that that's such a, a a great surprise for this Utah deep. Actually, I think Coach Winningham had a feeling he was going to be good, but he's really stepped in and talk about how he compliments uh, Sewell and and Devin Lloyd. I mean, that's just a tremendous threesome right right in the middle of the football field on that second level. So that's that's terrific. But but the only reason those guys are able to make plays are because you know, somebody's doing something up front. We didn't, you know, it's it's interesting because we don't call Van Fillinger's name a lot. Like, it doesn't seem like he's making a tackle or making, you know, making a sack or making a play, but I keep, see his, I keep seeing his activity, and I think that's influential at the defensive line. So 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just I just want to give a little credit to number seven. Like I think he's playing pretty well. We just never we never talk about him. We never say his name. And then you have guys like Pututau making plays up front, uh, Tafuna making plays up front, and then uh, Mika Tafua I think took another step forward tonight. The the way that he played. And so when those guys when when that front four starts to take control of the line of scrimmage, you know, all of a sudden, Devin Loy's free to make a play. Uh, McKinney's free to make a play in the secondary. Uh, quarterback is a little rushed throwing the ball, and he's not throwing it as accurately downfield. So complete effort on the defensive side, but, you know, it's just it, it, it would be hard to say that it didn't all just start up front. Up front was really big, and Hadzi Pututa had a really nice sack there in the third quarter. Uh, it was actually a Creeny Reed sack, and then it followed up, I think, two plays later with a Pututa sack, and that forced Arizona State into a long field goal, which they missed in the third quarter. And, and then you saw it on Kyle Whittingham's face. You saw it on the team's face. That left them tied 21-21, and then at that point, you had Cam Rising come back on a fourth and two, and he throws a strike on a fourth and two to get that first down. That leads to a passing touchdown to Brant Keithy, and they take the 27-21 lead, and they never look back after that. But that, that came off of a couple of huge defensive performances when you really needed it, a couple of big pressure, pressures on Jaden Daniels to bring him down. So, as Frank has mentioned, it was just play after play, play after play by everybody. A Brant Keith reception, a um, Britton Covey reception, a Cam Rising scramble, uh, a Tavian Thomas run, the offensive line all clicking. The, the, a 35-21 to 21 win over Arizona State. It took everybody being on the right page. We talked about the, the pregame. The, this mm-hmm. had to be one of Utah's cleanest games, and it really was. And on the flip side of that, Arizona State got themselves back in trouble with penalties. Remember, Frank, we Ow. talked about the penalties that they yeah. had against BYU and the crowd noise and everything that was going on. They had 13 flags for 115 yards. What were you seeing in the penalty category, Frank? Well, I, I saw – so what I thought was happening, especially because I, I, I don't know the exact number, but there had to be – out of those 13 penalties, I bet half of those were holding penalties. And so what I was seeing was this Utah pressure package at the defensive line of scrimmage that forced Arizona State into, into these penalties. So, so first of all, you get pressure up front. Uh, Daniels doesn't, Daniels gets moved off his spot. He starts moving around. Now the offensive line is put in a bind because they have to, they have to hold on to their guy longer. And then it becomes a hold, a holding penalty. How many times did we see someone like Daniels or somebody break out downfield, pick up yardage, but it was called back because the play took so long to develop the holding penalty occurred. So I thought the penalties were a result of, tremendous Utah pressure on the defensive front. So many penalties, and there were a couple false starts that were big that mm-hmm. I think were, were helped by that Utah fan base. So great participation. And, and Frank, I, I do feel like the fans are really encircling this Utah team and giving them a, a good boost. And this was a beautiful indicator that we are Far from done seeing good things from this Utah team. Wouldn't you agree this was kind of a, a win and an indicator that that this Utah team is for real? Well, this was a, certainly a, a much more significant test than uh, USC a week ago, and uh, I think this is this this is a, a, something that like. Last week, Utah won that game against USC, and all of a sudden I said, well, this is a Utah team that's maybe not a 500 team this year. Maybe we have, you know, we can raise our expectations about this, this football team. Um, 
And then, you know, a week out, you, you think, okay, here comes, here comes the real test. You know, Arizona State, clearly the, the best team in the South, maybe in the conference, and they're on, they're on a roll. Looks like they've gotten everything cleaned up. Uh, and then Utah is able to come back being down 21-7 to and dominate the second half, pitch a shutout in the second half. Uh, they made, you know, they made Jaden Daniels look like he was in his first few starts as a as a quarterback. I mean, they just they harassed him the entire second half. So here we go again. I mean, you kind of raise your expectations yeah. for this football team. You see what they can be. You see the talent that they have, and especially when they're working together up front on both sides of the ball. So that's how I feel right now. Like, okay. Now there's, you know, we were talking about, well, maybe Utah has a chance. Well, yeah, I think Utah has a significant chance now of coming out of the South as the South Division champion. I, you look across the rest of their schedule, and that's, you know, there's, there's some roadblocks ahead. There's no question about yes, it. Yes, there are. Uh, starting, starting this week with when they have to go up to Corvallis and, and Oregon State's a team that's coming off a loss. So, they're, you know, they're going to want to get back on track. But UCLA – uh, Stanford took another loss tonight against Washington State, which just shocks me. Um, Arizona got beaten up by Colorado, but you have Colorado at the end of the season. And then you have, of course, you have you have Oregon uh, come into town. So I think there's some there's there's a couple games that that on this schedule that you say the way Utah's playing. Yes, those are those are we can mark those as wins for Utah. But there's probably three games left on the schedule that you just say, well, it's, you know, Utah's going to have to play at their highest level to get wins on those three nights. Well, Frank, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for giving us some of your thoughts here on the postgame show, and uh, we will chat with you next Thursday. All right, my man. I sure appreciate it. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. You bet, man. There you go. Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback, does a great job giving us some insight and just some good back and forth there. He likes to share some of his quarterback thoughts, and we like to intermix. I, I like to throw some of the, the line thoughts in there, but this was an all-around performance. And I, I do think that it goes back to this offensive line clicking, the tight ends blocking, tight ends being very dominant in the blocking scheme, and this Utah offense being efficient being efficient behind Cam Rising, being efficient with their targets. And I feel like this team is really embracing each other and playing for each other and playing for a bigger cause. This was a really good win against Arizona State. Very dominant. 35-20 to 20 win. 35-21 to 21 win. 28 unanswered points in the second half of this game for the University of Utah. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back to your phone calls, 855-340-9663. If you want to jump on, you got some questions, you got some thoughts, we'll answer them, we'll talk about it. That's all coming up next on your Utah Post Game Show. Rising in the pocket is going to take off. Cam Rising got to the corner. Rising, touchdown, Utah. Big play after big play from your quarterback, Cam Rising, and Utah gets the win, 35-21. to 21. Big play after big play from Devin Lloyd, uh, your, your veteran captain on the defensive side of the ball. Devin Lloyd was great. You had big plays from Karini Reed with a big sack and Putata with a big sack. You had Mika Tafua, who was in the backfield, pressuring Jaden Daniels and making him feel uncomfortable. And this defense ends up holding Arizona State to 148 yards on the ground. This was an Arizona State team that was averaging 220 yards on the ground per game. They love to run the football. But Utah stood into that, uh, stood in that front line, and they were able to take some of those punches and hold Arizona State well under their season average on the ground. Utah did some fantastic things on the offensive side of the ball as well. A lot of it goes back to Cam Rising, and a lot of it goes to Tavian Thomas. Some big carries from Tavian, some big conversions from both Cameron Rising and Tavian Tom uh, and Tavian Thomas. 
we talked about his targets. Devon Vele, Dalton Kincaid, Theo Howard, Brant Keithy, Cole Fotheringham had four catches for 31 yards and did some really good things. Britton Covey had a couple of big receptions to put Utah into scoring position, and Utah looked dominant in the second half, outscoring Arizona State 28 to nothing in the second half. 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone lines. I know you guys are headed home. Everybody drive safe. Enjoy an amazing evening. I know people are riding on a cloud right now. Utah getting back-to-back wins against USC and Arizona State. And right now in the driver's seat in the South Division, being undefeated in Pac-12 play, this does leave them as the last undefeated conference opponent in the Pac-12. Everybody else has feasted off each other. So it's a really great accomplishment for the University of Utah getting this win over Arizona State. Let's jump out to phone calls. We will start with Robin. You're up first, Robin. How you doing, man? Hey, Hans. Thanks for working so much, brother. You bet. Love doing it. Man, have you not ever – well, it's been a while, but they look like they're having fun. You got you got Britain flexing on people and Coach Whittingham. He looks like he's having fun. I know I know we've gone through a lot with, with the two deaths, but they look like they're having fun playing football, and it's amazing what two weeks has, has done. Um it's uh, I'm excited. You know, at halftime, I thought Arizona State's the best team in the Pac-12, and then that second half, maybe we're the best team in the Pac-12. But inevitably, I guess BYU beat both of us, so <laughs> they're the best <laughs> team in the Pac-12. Who, who would have thought Washington State might be their hardest game? But, hey, this is the huge postgame show. But I appreciate the hard work. I appreciate the morning after. And go Utes. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Robin. And you're right. This is they're they're playing the best ball that they've been playing all year. And yeah, I think right now you can pretty safely say they're the best in the South. And uh, obviously, we get an opportunity to see them against some of the best in the in the North um, as they go and take on um, Oregon State and Oregon. So, and Stanford. So you're going to get to see them against some of the top teams in the North as well, specifically that game against Oregon. That should be really interesting coming up in five weeks. So Utah's got a long stretch in front of them, and they got some difficult opponents in front of them. They just have to stay focused. And this is a really good time for people to be positive and Utah fans to embrace this team that's playing so hard for each other. It's, there's a lot of great storylines so far in this season. 855-340-9663. That opens up a phone line. That's 855-340-ZONE. Let's jump back out to the phone lines and go to Jazz. You're up next on the postgame show. Go ahead, Jazz. Oh, it's, uh, it's Kaz. Uh, K-A-Z, yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kaz. Oh, no, that's all right. Uh, hey, uh, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall at halftime because I – I, I don't know what Coach Quitt said. I know every head coach is a little different personality, and you've been uh, in both pro and college locker rooms, but, uh, you know, Lavelle is uh, probably a pretty uh, calm guy at halftime, I, I just assume, <laughs> by his demeanor. But uh, there are plenty of other coaches that are pretty fiery, so it probably depends on the individual coach. But with your experience, what what would you kind of just guess uh, Coach Quitt said to the team at halftime uh, that's the second game in a row where the youths uh, look like a, a different team uh, in the second second half. Really great point, Kaz. Appreciate the call. So they go into halftime and they're down twenty-one to seven. And there was at the back end of that first half, everybody saw it. Utah got themselves into scoring position just before the half, and Cameron Rising throws an interception. That's a really tough break. So you're sitting there in scoring position. You know, you want to play it safe, at least go in with a field goal, uh, put three points on the board. Just don't do anything stupid. And you see Cameron Rising throw that interception, and that's a heartbreaker. You know, that's a momentum shift. That's Arizona State 
going into halftime with all kinds of emotion, fired up, and I thought we'd see Arizona State come out of half fired up and ready to go. And and Utah being a little bit more conservative, and to your point, Cass, it was just the fl- the flip opposite of that. And that does have a lot to do with coaches. That has a lot to do with just uh, a lot of times it's just a it's a very calm kind of eye of the tornado moment with your coach where you're sitting down and he looks you in the eye and he says to you, what did you see in the first half? Because this is what our stills are showing us and this is what slides are showing us. So we're, we're seeing this, but what are you seeing? Well, Coach, I, I keep seeing this guy shift to shade, and I, I feel like if we run these traps and I give a hard fake, he'll come up field, and we might be able to slip that zero scheme right through the middle. If, and, and the coach looks at you and says, all right, well, let's give this a try. You know, And you have this exchange of ideas and calm thoughts it's not always, you know, pulling the hair out and that's not good enough and that's not who we are. A lot of times it's just this calm exchange of what did you see and players being veteran enough to be able to describe what they're seeing and then coordinators and position coach coaches taking that into account and throwing some plays out there to, to show these guys, hey, we're listening to you. And you said we, we see this. Let's give it a try and see if it works. And a lot of these things worked. Those first two drives out of the gates were as good as it gets. They, they truly were. Just fantastic drives, very dominant, very powerful. 855-340-9663 to jump on the Utah postgame show. That's 855-340-9663. 9663 to jump on the post game show. Um, I just wanted to take a second and I wanted to talk about some of the pocket that was set in the, the second half of this game. There were so many moments that I felt like, and remember, Arizona State is one of the top teams in the country in getting after the quarterback. Arizona State is the number 10 team in the country right now at getting after the quarterback. And Utah was able to set multiple pockets in the second half. Now, they did a really good job in play-action looks. Because the run game was starting to click, Arizona State was having to watch the run. They were play-actioning off those dives and those zero traps, and Cam Rising was rolling and hitting his targets, and it was beautiful. The crazy thing is so many third down situations where Arizona State knew that it was going to be a passing play, they couldn't get pressure. They pinned their ears back. They knew it was a passing play, and Utah's offensive line was still setting strong on that line and setting that pocket and giving Cam Rising time. Really huge kudos to this starting five and the tight ends. Uh, by the way, the starting five was was uh, Daniels, Lomea, Nick Ford, Bills, and Bam Olasini. That's your starting five, and then you had some tight end tight ends working along in some of the blocking schemes, doing a fantastic job, and they deserve a ton of credit. Jump back out to the phone lines. Go to Carter. You're up next. Carter, what'd you see? Hey guys, how's it going? Fantastic, man. All right, so I have a couple of things I want to go over. First thing, I want to talk about Cameron Rising and his first half versus his second half because I think his transformation is one of the biggest things for Utah because in the first half, his mind was right. I thought he was making the right read. He was just either over or under throwing. It was like he had like a tweak in his shoulder or something because he was throwing it at the right guys at roughly the right time. He just couldn't put the ball in the right spot. Mm -hmm. But that completely flipped in the second half. He was hitting those targets, still making the right reads like the first half. I think that's probably mildly underrated because of Tavion Thomas's incredible performance. But those little changes is one of the big reasons why we were able to get, like, what was it, 28 unanswered points? Yep. 
yeah, I, I thought that was a really good improvement. I don't know if it was just rest or if he just got his uh, coordination right, but I'm, I think that's something to be proud of, a guy who can improve at halftime like that. For sure. And then one of the, like, the thing with football is it starts and finishes with the O-line. And the O-line deserves so much credit for the way Tavion Thomas played today because in the second half, they were able to give him such perfect holes that he was able to hit that second level like a steam engine and get extra yards off the contact because he didn't have to break any tackles at the line of scrimmage. And I think, like, if, if I know you have experience on the line and if you're able to, like, talk to people, because a lot of people don't understand how heavy it is on the O-line to perform. So I just want to highlight that and give the big guys the credit they deserve and go use. Awesome. Thanks, Carter. Appreciate the call as always. 855-340-9663. And there's a lot of weight on the line. Uh, you, everybody knows that that's unheralded. Everybody knows that it is only, you're only recognized when you make a big mistake. You do something stupid. Everybody understands that. And when when an offensive line is clicking, you never single out an offensive lineman. When it's clicking, it's everybody because when one guy's not clicking everything kind of falls apart and that's what was happening against san diego state that's what happened against byu that is what happened and these last two games against arizona state and usc you could see that this offensive line was clicking together and carrying that weight together and the traps have been fantastic there were a lot of pulls in this game uh they really did pull guard and tackle cross formation multiple times and it worked multiple times they were getting good just blast out pulls and they were turning up at the hole and getting movement on the second level this offensive line worked really well together jump back out to the phone lines go to tyler you're up next on the post game show go ahead tyler hey and thanks for having me i appreciate you uh, first and foremost, man, I just got to give a shout-out to that Utah defense. Works pretty much everything, and they got that crowd going. And I remember saying at halftime, I said, man, we're down, but we're going to win this game. We had to get the running game going. And even though we weren't breaking big, got to knock those safeties in and corners up, and, man, what a beautiful game. Are you kidding me? Utah Utes, get it. <laughs> yeah, man, I like it. Utah Utes, get it. Uh, Tyler, thanks for the call. Fantastic stuff. And and it, it really is impressive. This, this Utah team has seemingly come from nowhere after back-to-back losses against a Mount West Conference team and, and their rival at BYU. And – they have put together now three big conference wins, and it's impressive. You know, Washington State is showing better right now. They got a nice win against Stanford tonight. And uh, USC, you know, USC's USC. I, I don't even know what to think of them. But I do know that this Arizona State team is a big challenge, a very big challenge. And this is a very impressive win. And the way they did it, the dominance that they showed in the second half. And, and to Carter's point, you know, we did see a first half Cam Rising and a second half Cam Rising. But even in the first half, Cam Rising had a great um, had a great scramble for a 15-yard touchdown. It was actually really good pocket. And when – the offensive line recognized that Cam went into the scramble. They all locked up and started to press their D-line, and Cam Rising scrambled and got them into the the end zone for a 7-7 tie. So even in the first half, Cam Rising still had some great moments with his feet and had some good moments with his arm as well. All right, uh, Kyle Whittingham addressed the media after this thing went final. This is the head coach of the University of Utah talking about this big win over Arizona State, 35-21, to 21. here is Kyle Whittingham. So proud of this team. Uh, halftime, hadn't played very well in the first half. Obviously, Arizona State had played very well. Um, was it was a 21-7 at half. Put some, or left some points on the field uh, at the end of the first half. We were down there, at least a field goal we were expecting to get. And then, of course, we, we uh, had the turnover. 
but uh, tell you what, we rallied together at halftime, and and uh, those guys believed. Those players believed. They they were not going to be denied, and came out and was a 28 zip. I guess it was in the second half, and uh, phenomenal job by our offense. Uh, first half we didn't run the ball as effectively as effectively we needed to, and second half outstanding running the football. Uh, and then defensively, we stiffened up and, and started taking some things away. Um, coaching staff did a great job with their plans. Players executed. We must have made five or six plays, crucial plays in that last drive uh, to go up two scores. Uh, Vele's catch, Keithy made a catch, uh, TJ made a couple runs. I must have converted three or four or five third downs on that drive as well. I, I haven't seen the exact numbers, but proud of our guys. Uh, we're sitting in a great spot right now. Got a lot of football left, uh, a lot of football, a lot of tough games. So we're just uh, this thing's just getting started. But uh, where we are right now is is in a great spot, and uh, we got to just continue to to practice like we have been, have the same mentality, the same attitude, the same competitive spirit, and uh, see what happens. But uh, proud of the guys for what they did in that second half, particularly. Kyle, did you ever think you'd see Britton Covey flexing after a play? Is that what he did? He flexed? <laughs> I thought he was going to take his helmet off and show the, how the Rogaine's working. But, 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 <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't, I didn't notice that. And he apologized to the team afterwards. And that kid made play after play as well. I love Britt Covey and his competitive spirit as well. The whole team, offensive line, took over in that second half. Before, uh, before this, you tweeted out that you know you guys scored 28 unanswered. I tweeted that. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Curious about the momentum and the momentum swing from that first half to the second. Half. Yeah. Well, it all started with the first drive in the second half. We talked about that at halftime. That hey, we left some points out there at the end of the first half. We got the ball first. We go out and put one on them. It's game on. And that's exactly what we did. And then we proceeded to score three more times in the second half. And and. Uh, that last one was the dagger, and our pass rush took over on that. Uh, you know, when they got the ball back with 240 or whatever it was left over, uh, pass rush took over and, and essentially ended the game for us. Kyle, the decision to go um, on fourth and two from the 37. Was there any thought to setting noise out there, or were you? No, that was. Uh, you know, would have been a, what a 55 yarder. Didn't want to give up that field position. Uh, even though a field goal would have been very valuable at that point, I thought the chances and the percentages favored converting rather than making a 55-yarder. Um, Cam missed some throws in the first half. Yep. There were some drops. Um, it wasn't all on him in the first half. You know, Was there faith that that stuff would get cleaned up? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was 8 of 18, I believe, in the first half and ended up uh, with the with outstanding night and uh, got a lot of faith in Cam Rising. He's a great leader for us, and the players believe in him. Uh, Tavion Thomas also gave us a spark. Uh, didn't get 100 yards tonight, but he was close. He was 70 or 80 yards. And, and uh, you know, just the, the tight ends, their usual contribution. Those guys are uh, an outstanding position group with Kincaid and, and Keithy and, and Cole Fotheringham. And, and uh, wide receivers made plays. Theo Howard made a couple nice plays. Uh, Devon Bailey, that one-handed catch uh, to keep the drive alive. Uh, that uh, last drive was huge. So can't say enough good things about our players and how they, how they uh, continue to compete and uh, never, never got down on themselves. Kyle, uh, you guys held Arizona State tonight seven total yards after halftime. What really clicked most? Started playing our gaps better, just gap control. You know, we weren't playing good gap control in the first half. We were popping out of gaps and and uh, getting reach blocked, and and we just had a little conversation at halftime about just doing your job and staying in your gap and getting some knockback up front. And uh, those guys played very well. You got to remember, we're playing with freshman D tackles. I mean, Aliki Vimahi and Junior Tafuna, those guys are going to be incredible in a couple of years. They're playing really well right now, but uh, with them and then Van and X. And so we got a lot going for us uh, with uh, with these young players, but but that was the difference. Is, is we were more gap sound in the second half, uh, far more gap sound than we were in the first half. You had a lot of, you had a lot of wins in your career. Does this one? How does this one feel different given the weight of this week? <sighs> you know, it's it's. Uh, I can't tell you how rewarding it is and how uh, much our players deserved it. They had a great week of practice, and uh, it's got to be. You know, in the top ten of wins since I've been here, that uh, sat as far as satisfying wins, I'm proud proud of the team. Sorry about that. 
playing off that, the players talked about that, you know, the deaths of Ty and Aaron obviously have kind of rallied the team together. What, what are you seeing that's maybe different? Obviously, you don't want the tragedies, but what, what are you seeing that's maybe different with that? I think it's really affected uh, quite a few people as, as taking a look at themselves and what they've uh, been... Uh, you know, their work ethic and how much they've been given and, and just finding a way to give more. And not, not that we had a bunch of lazy guys or anything like that, and not that uh, a tragic event like that is going to translate into wins. I, mean, I, don't th I don't think it's, that's not necessarily the case, but I think everybody took a hard look inside themselves and uh, figured out ways where they could individually get better. And then collectively, as those guys get better individually, collectively we get better as a team. How, how difficult is it to, one, prep for a quarterback like Jaden Daniels and number two to adjust on the fly in a game as he's you know doing what he's doing. Okay, I, I didn't follow that question. Jaden Daniels. Right. How, how difficult is it to prep for a guy like that oh. in practice, but then also to you know adjust on the fly? Yeah, very difficult. First of all, very difficult to prep for him. Uh, he moves as well as any quarterback in the country as far as escaping rushes and, and getting out, getting himself out of jams. Uh, and he's 70% thrower. You know, he's, he's a true dual-threat quarterback. Um, we had a hard time keeping him corralled in the first half. Had a hard time in the second half, for that matter, but we were able to get some big sacks there in that last drive. But uh, he's a terrific player, and uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker, and he's really the catalyst for that football team. Coach, what have you observed or noticed this season, this, this process that Tavian Thomas has gone through to kind of become and reemerge as your lead back again? Yeah, well, first of all, it has been exactly that, a process. We had some things to clean up. We didn't have them in spring ball, so we came in the summertime. Uh, had some ball security issues uh, early in the season that showed up a couple times. So that was a, that was a work in progress that uh, took, a f took a few weeks. Uh, pass protection, blitz pickup. You know, this takes some time to get all the, the, the blitz pickups down. And so I think Kyle McDonald has done an outstanding job with him and uh, bringing him along. And he's a big time back. I mean, he's 6'2 and 235 pounds. He's a load and he can really run. And so I think you're going to see him get nothing but better. He's just going to continue to get better. And, and as long as he doesn't take a step backward you know, with ball security or any of those other things, he's going he's to be a big part of what we're doing. Straight touchdowns out of the half. Can you describe the feeling of celebrating with these, with your players, and having that, just that connection that you do have with them, where you know that this is what they've worked for? It was awesome. It was awesome, and, and to see them succeed and, and play the way they did in the second half, we, you know, that's how we're, what we're capable of. And that's uh, we weren't making plays in the first half. We were a little bit uh, out of sync, I guess you can say. And a lot of that has to do with Arizona State. They got some good players. They've been recruiting well over the last year. I mean, they've they the last couple of years. Their roster is is really good from top to bottom. And so that's an athletic football team with a lot of playmakers. But uh, to see our guys do what they did and and just uh, the resolve that they played with was uh, I'm very proud. I mean, couldn't be prouder. It's it, as a head coach, you're you're uh, you take a lot of pride in what they're doing. Yeah, that the third quarter and uh, between quarter third, three and four, it was, it it's still, uh, you know, I get chills down my spine. I know it's only happened a couple times, but it's it's a great uh, way to honor those two young men, and uh, it was, it really gave us a boost. I mean, it, we already had momentum, but that just added to it. And the must was great tonight too. The must and the crowd. Uh, Huge home field advantage for us, and uh, grateful for our crowd and, and the, that must section that's on their feet all four quarters. And and uh, Rice Eccles is a tough place to play, and it really is for the opponents. You sure that's it? Okay. Thanks, guys. Great job by Kyle Whittingham there, having a little bit of fun, but also talking about the gravity of the moment and how important this win was, how good it felt for him, saying it's in the top ten of wins for him. And uh, obviously we know why. Pretty incredible that this team could come together, unify, and get back-to-back -back wins against USC and Arizona State. And they did it in dominant fashion, especially tonight. As everybody's mentioned, 28 unanswered points in the second half of this game, outscoring Arizona State 28 to nothing through the third and fourth quarters. It was pretty impressive. I want to jump back out to the uh, audio bunch of players were able to take to the podium after this game went final. You've got Devin Lloyd, you've got Vontae Davis, Cam Rising, and Brant Keithy. Here's some of those players at the podium. 
Camper. Cam, uh, you guys scored on four straight drives in the second half. What really clicked after halftime where you were able to finish drives and, and just make the rally? We just came together in the locker room, pretty much just talked about we we know what we need to do. It's not it's not it's not a something that we're we're running from. We got we got to attack this thing, and we just talked about it. And the defense did a great job and put us in positions to continue uh, being in, in places to score. <laughs> well, talking about the defense, they uh, held Arizona State in the second half to 97 total yards, yeah. average of three point three yards per play. How, how much confidence did you guys gain just seeing the defense get stopped after stop as the half progressed? Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world in, the, in, the, in those defensive players. These two right here, especially, they are some, some bad men out there. I, I don't like going against them in practice, and I'm, and I'm glad I was going against the Sun Devils rather than these guys tonight, for sure. You guys swarmed in that last, that last possession. I mean, was that just kind of like letting everything out and just trying to really get after Daniels? Or what was, what was that experience like? Yeah, just priding ourselves on finishing some uh, that's a staple of this program. And um, like Cam said, we just banded together um, that entire second half, really. And um, just leaned on finishing plays, finishing drives. And um, you know, I think we, I can think it's safe to say we did that. Cam, that decision to go for it on fourth and two, I think you guys were in like the 35 or the 37. Yeah. What, what were you seeing there? And, and just what about that decision? I loved it. I think we were in a situation where the defense was playing so good that if we weren't to get it, but we did. But yeah, I mean, we're focused on getting those first downs, and, and I think I think it was a great call by Coach Ludd. He made an easy one for me. Yeah, I'm that first half for you in, in terms of two interceptions and everything. How, how do you stay you know, mentally engaged to be able to just come back and have that performance in that second half? It's easy. I mean, I just lean on my on my teammates, and they they get me right back to where I, where I need to be and make sure that I'm in a position to to make sure that this offense is going in the direction that we need to be going. What about Brent Covey flexing? I mean, have you ever seen something like that? <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I didn't really see much of it, but yeah, he he, he did that for sure. And there's a natural evolution to every season. What would you say has changed the most for this team between week one and you guys were in control for now? I think we just need to know how to take adversity and really know how to do it together and not, not just focus on pointing fingers at what we're doing wrong or trying to figure out this, this, and that, but just staying together in those situations. Grant, you come up with that, that big catch to be able to you know, get the touchdown and everything, really start that. What, what, what's this experience like to be able to just keep that momentum going? Man, it was awesome. Uh, first half, we just started off slow, but the defense held it down, and the offense just got that spark we needed. And 28 unanswered points, I think. That was it. Phew. That's a good game. Great performance by the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. For, for you guys, you know, having the offense score, you know, like that, how, how energizing is that for you guys on the defense side of the ball? Extremely. Um, you know, we just want to keep the juice and the momentum in our favor. And, you know, seeing those guys go down there and, I mean, do what they do, I mean, it just gets us pumped up. Like, you know, I have this little superstition, like, every time I stand up, and I'm watching them, they always get it. Like, I think I was standing up like the whole second half. And I mean, you know, it just gets me pumped up. You know, I'm trying to get everybody on the sideline pumped up. Pumped up. Um, and I, it's infectious. Um, you know, the positivity is infectious. It spreads throughout the whole team, whether they're playing or not. Davian, oh, sorry. Davion, you've had some ups and downs this season. How's it felt to get back yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow, I'm looking at number nine, not thinking straight up. It just feels great. I lean on my brothers. They make plays, and then what plays they can't make, I'll try to backdoor and help them out with it. Like, as a safety, I don't try to let nothing get past me, to be honest. And just having them there with me, it just boosts my confidence more. David, how, how difficult is it to, uh, to prep for a guy like Jaden Daniels? And then once you're out there, you know, what is it like trying to operate and deal with him? Yeah, he's a very elite quarterback. I mean, I think he's best, if not one of the best in the pack. And, um, you know, obviously you just have to keep your rush lane integrity and play assignment sound football, really. Um, it, it really comes down to playing assignment football and, you know, getting after them, making them uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, but more than anything, everybody just doing their job. For any of you 
guys. What was the week like just, you know, traveling to Dallas on Monday, coming home, having to kind of deal with a, a shorter week of preparation? Just what are the emotions now that this week is over? The um, week was scheduled a little bit differently, so I don't think we missed out on much time as far as um, game prep. Um, you know, I think emotionally it was something, um, you know, it was, it was very consoling. Um, you know, it just allowed us to, you know, uh, send him on in peace. And so um, I think, you know, the team morale was um, as high as it could be. And, you know, I think uh, preparation, you know, we prepared very well. well. You're obviously banged up, so are a lot of other guys. I mean, what's it like, though, to be able to have these to kind of fall back on knowing that like, you're still playing for something? It's just, um, you know, it's a blessing. It's the same day I go through every day trying to uh, thank God for being alive, really, and just getting this opportunity to play the sport I love. Yeah, you, you guys lead the, the South Division right now. I and mean, what's that say to you guys, knowing what, what happened at the beginning of the season? Got everything we want right there in front of us, and we just got to go take it. Monte, how, how awkward or difficult is it to play with the cast on your hand? I had a little trouble at, at the beginning of wrapping up, but... After I was like, man, forget it, because it was just—it's just a mental problem, really. So when I was like, uh, I was like trying to keep it off, but then that wasn't working. So I was like, man, stop being a punk. <laughs> when was the cast put on? Cast put on a uh, Sunday. This is for any of you guys, but how much do you guys attribute this win to your teammates looking over you? 100%. No, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. I think uh, they're the reason why, you know, we band so so much together. And, um, you know, we, we just came together. And, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, they're, they're with us and strengthening each and every one of us. And they're bringing us closer together. And, you know, I, I mean, I give this all to them. I thought that was amazing. Um, you know, I just love this institution um, because it's so much more than just football. Like, they genuinely care about, you know, everybody. And so, um, you know, they just do things the right way. And, you know, I thought that was amazing. I thought it was great for everyone to see. Um, and, you know, it was great for our team as well. Has the, line been noticeably, has the offensive line been noticeably different in practice? These last two weeks, they've obviously played a lot better. Has it been noticeable in practice as well? Yeah, they definitely have kicked it up a, a notch and are, are doing some really good things. And and it, it, it allows me to have a lot of a lot of comfortability back there and also just really run the ball downhill because they can, they can move guys up front each and every down. Nice final quote there by Cam Rising talking about his offensive line. And I, I can definitely see the improvement in this offensive line. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we will wrap up this big win. Utah beating Arizona State 35-21 to coming up next on your Utah postgame show. Under center, handoff, Pledger inside the five, still going. Touchdown, T.J. Pledger. Utah has out-muscled, out-physicaled, and pushed around the Sun Devils for this entire half. It's a whole different team in the second half of this game. Outscoring Arizona State 28 to nothing in the second half. Fantastic win for the University of Utah. Great post-game sound coming from the players and from Kyle Whittingham and a bunch of great calls. I do want to take one more. We'll slip one more in. Uh, Graham's been waiting a long time to jump on with us. Graham, go ahead. You're on the post-game show. Well, I really appreciate the, the time you gave me to talk. Um, I guess I'll just – I just have a couple questions and comment briefly. Uh, you know, first off, I was always in favor of Cam being the starter uh, just because of his ex- experience in the offense, the relationship he's got with Andy Ludwig. Um, I mean, we forget that he spent the whole season with uh, Ludwig in, in, in 2019 in the press box, right? Um, and the other thing I remember is I think it was Terrell Burgess who said that uh, Cam Rising was the one who gassed uh, the defense every day on the scout team. I, do you remember that vaguely? Very, very vaguely. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess there's a couple questions though going forward. What are your feelings on using tempo? Um, I mean, I'm in favor of it. You know, typically when you're on your own side of the field, because it usually struggles more so in the uh, in the red zone as you approach the goal line. Mm-hmm. But tonight, I was a little confused on why they use tempo going into a third down 
when rising through it uh, to the guy just uh, streaking up right along the uh, sideline, do you think that was a mismatch, or what, what was that a result of? Yeah, probably a mismatch, um, probably something that they saw, something that they liked, get them to the line and get the ball snapped. I did see the tempo. I'm, I'm a big fan of tempo. As an offensive lineman or a former offensive lineman, I like getting to a line and keeping a defense on their heels a bit. I like that they can't get a jump off the count. They can't get a jump off the ball. Typically, I'm able to get a good set and a good first punch, first strike, try to set that pocket. The other thing I like about tempo is usually when I set in tempo, I know that ball is coming out with tempo. So I like that change-up of speed and pace, whether it's a third down or a fourth down, as long as you've practiced it and snapped that way 150, 200 times to make sure everybody's comfortable because a lot of times when you go tempo in those critical moments, that's exactly what they are, the critical moments. You have to have it. But if you've done it enough in practice and you felt comfortable with it in practice, then it really can be like an extra offensive piece to keep the defense on their heels. And then a lot of times it is a matchup. Well, we'll we'll keep this personnel in because we know we've got this big on the outside. We'll quick slant on tempo, hit that thing in rhythm, and extend this drive. So there are a lot of positives that come from that for sure. So, so just out of curiosity, do you see Utah using more of that going forward, or, or not so much? Because I mean, no. it's very seldomly used tonight. And, and I, I do. And, yeah, I do think that they will use it. I think that they should use it. I've I, always I, been a I, fan I of it. Agree, yeah, uh, I've always been a fan of it. I, I think uh, it's a, it's a positive thing. I do love it in, in third and fourth down specifically. Not as much in red zone. You know, it can be okay in red zone, but if I'm trying to convert in, in a 45-yard a line mark or something on, on my side or their side, and we've got a, a third and six situation or a third and one or fourth and one situation, I, I don't mind it at all. And, and I hope that they do. And I would imagine they'll see some of the success that they had on their third down conversions. As Frank mentioned earlier, 7 of 11 on third down conversions, and a lot of those came – in the final uh, two drives, that that one big drive, and then there were some great conversions in those first two drives coming out of halftime as well. So good stuff there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just another quick question, um, just regarding the running backs going forward. So I mean, we're halfway through the season. Um, you know, carries have been split among Pledger, Thomas, Bernard, um, and quite frankly, I mean, they all bring kind of their their strength to the table. You know, they all have their their kind of um, I don't know what I'd call it, but I mean, do you think going forward there's going to be just one of them that gets the majority of the carries, or it's going to be more by committee, like like we've seen? I actually think tonight was a pretty good representation of it. Twenty carries for Tavian Thomas, seven carries for T.J. Pledger. You had Cameron Rising with six. That's about where I would want to see Cameron Rising. You know, you might see Britton Covey. He had two tonight. You might see Brent Keithy with two on a night with his H-back pull fly sweep. Like there's different ways you can use each of those guys. And I think that tonight is a pretty decent formula. That got you to 210 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. I I like it. 20 carries for Tavian, give me seven, maybe 10 carries for TJ Pledger, get Cameron rising in six to eight runs, and then give a couple carries to a couple of guys out of that, that H or out of that fly sweep motion. I like it. I thought it was perfect distribution. You know, and, and just maybe to add to that, one of the things that we didn't see much tonight, I mean, there were a couple times where he, he kind of uh, dropped out in the flat. Bernard, you know, catching out of the backfield. I mean, he, in earlier games, I mean, he had some really good plays where he caught out of the backfield. And obviously, you know, it depends on the situation. But, um, you know, I, I think that's another key component, you know, that Bernard brings to the table that, you know, if he's getting less carries, maybe he's getting more passes out of the backfield. But, but uh, yeah, I was just curious to hear your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Well, I think Makai Bernard would be getting carries, and I think Makai Bernard would be getting passes out of the backfield. I just think that he's been banged up, and it seems like they're being a little conservative with him. And, you know, the other problem is, and thanks for the call, Graham. Appreciate it. The other problem is, is if Tavian Thomas is fumbling in practice, uh, then you're going to see T.J. Pledger get the start. If Tavian Thomas is fumbling in a game, you'll probably see him benched and see T.J. Pledger's 
uh, carries bump up, and rightfully so. There's just too much sample size of Tavian Thomas putting the ball on the ground, whether it's in practice or it's in a game. And Kyle Whittingham has to stop it. The best way to stop it is to take a guy's reps away. But Tavian has really come a long way. 20 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown tonight. Big thanks to all the callers. Big thanks to uh, Trevor Allen getting us the Kyle Whittingham sound and the player sound. Big thanks to Frank Dolce for joining us. Big thanks to Alex back in the booth. And as I mentioned, big thanks to all the callers. You guys make it a lot of fun to do this. And this was a big win from the University of Utah. Started up front again, second week in a row. Started up front with that big five. But I, I want to include those tight ends. They've been blocking like beasts. The targets have increased because the protections increased. That's why you're seeing Devon Vele. Theo Howard. You're seeing some of these wide receivers getting these catches. Britton Covey for three catches. He had a nice deep ball for 14 yards that put him into scoring position. You're seeing these these receivers get receptions because there's more time to throw. And then you're seeing the tight ends. They they I, I wouldn't mind seeing Brent Keithy and Cole Fotheringham and Dalton Kincaid's numbers up a bit, even though they did combine for 11 receptions. I don't mind seeing it even higher than that with those three tight ends. Throw it to them as much as you can. But this was a fantastic team win. Devin Lloyd, two sacks, four TFLs, eight tackles. He had a, a, a pass deflection and another quarterback hurry. Devin Lloyd was fantastic tonight. Karini Reed, we talked about Karini Reed and, and how far he's come. Um, I've got him as a sack, but they did not count that as a sack. It looked like it was either at the line of scrimmage or just slightly past the line of scrimmage. But I had him as a sack, but Karini Reed had five big tackles tonight. Junior Tafuna with a sack. You had um, uh, Halti Putata with a sack. It was a great night defensively as well. And Utah put together a complete performance to get a big win in the South Division against the top opponent in the South in Arizona State. Fantastic win. Great to see this team come together. Happy for the coaching. Happy for the players. And now you shake off this win and you get right back to the drawing board because it's the Pac-12 and it's weird. And you blink and you lose. And Oregon State's not bad. I don't know exactly what Oregon State is, but I know they're not bad. And it's a team that could cause problems. So, Get back to the drawing board. Get yourself ready. If the offensive line plays like this, you've got a very good chance to win the South. No doubt about it. Cam Rising shown that he is a heck of a quarterback when he's got protection. Big win, big night. Congratulations to this Utah football team. Congratulations to the Utah fans who showed up and made it a living hell in that stadium for those Arizona State Sun Devil players. A lot of penalties. You know, you, you forced him into a lot of offsides and a lot of penalties. 13 for 115 yards. It was a big night there as well. On behalf of all that joined us, this has been your Utah Post Game Show here on 97.5, 12 into the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.